Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess, and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Let me go into the help section. I'm going to try to live help. Um, Hell. Okay. I don't know what to say. The audio is not happening. Uh... Anybody hear this? Hello? Hello? Karen, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, now you can hear me. Okay. I don't know what the problem is. Let me try Annette. Annette, can you hear me? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, Karen, I can hear you. Oh, I can hear Karen. 
<laughs> oh, and Hi, guys. I can, I can hear both okay. of you. Okay. Oh, oh I hit them. Jeez. Oh, they were that having really problems. crazy. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, somebody says it's witchcraft. What are you thinking? Uh, it wasn't me. <laughs> okay. Um, they had problems Friday night. The whole system went out. So uh, I just um, I just unplugged my uh, headset and I'm doing this by. So maybe it was me uh, doing. It. Let me let me start over again, okay? Um, okay, let's try again. <laughs> yeah. Our host Annette, the High Priestess of the Covenant of the White Heart and Psychic Reader, doing past lives readings and tarot readings, and I'm Ed Shanahan, a paranormal spiritual observer and psychic reader. Okay. Um, earlier, Annette, I asked you how you were doing, and. Uh, <laughs> And I said nothing. Why don't we get since we got Karen, why don't we get right into Karen Anderson? She's the author of the book, Hear All Creatures. And um she's our guest tonight and her most some of her most popular topics include how to communicate with your animals, how animals send out message messages, animals in the afterlife, what our animals know about us. Karen Anderson in her book, takes you on an incredible voyage into the hearts and minds of animals. Their vivid descriptions of death and afterlife show the amazing capacity of animals as intelligent spiritual beings and their devotion to the human in their lives. So, hello, Karen. Hello. Welcome, Karen. <laughs> oh, so much. I'm so glad to be here. Sorry about the... Uh, you know the way it started out, but like I said, Friday night the whole the, the whole blog radio system went down, and there was, uh, and they said there um it was like for 24 hours it was going to be down. So I mean, you know, like you know, I told now, Ed, you, that might be a good sign because maybe blog talk radio is becoming so increasingly popular that they're needing to expand it once again. So maybe that's a good sign. Yeah. It, they are. They are very, very, very popular. And like I told, you know, like I told some of the some of the uh, other shows that I was on, that the fact that, you know, this is a free service. I mean, nobody really has any reason to moan. You know, something goes wrong once in a while. So that's right. Karen, a great job otherwise. Yeah, Karen, welcome. And what what what's what state are you out of? May I ask? I'm in Eastern Washington, over by Idaho. So Washington okay. State near Spokane. Okay, and uh, will you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, how did you come about this journey? I would love to. Uh, actually, it, it kind of found me. I was on another path, and I had a regular job in the mortgage industry for about 18 years, and I hated that, and uh, decided I wanted to give something back. I felt like something in my life was missing, and, and I wanted to give back to the world and to people and so I uh, became a cop and um, went through a police academy and became a deputy sheriff in Park County, Colorado and uh, if you guys have ever seen the comedy central show South Park with the cartoon characters on it that's Mm -hmm. actually um, South Park was just the southern part of the district that I worked so that was and people are really like that out there too they're just crazy I had a friend who lived there for a while and was a Did newspaper you? journalist. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> In fact, he tried to run for mayor. <laughs> William Jablonski. It's a very, very small mountain community, um, and yeah. so I was a, a deputy out there for about three years, and I loved it, and it was actually while I was a deputy sheriff that I had a message, a very urgent message come through from one of my own cats one morning, and I basically thought I was losing my mind or going crazy because I heard it, I heard him talking to me in my head. And it, it didn't freak me out but because I was very interested in communicating with animals and could do so as a small child, but I had turned it off a long, 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 long time ago. So when my own cat sent me a very urgent message. He had a condition called FUS, which is oh, feline yeah. urinary syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they can die in just a matter of hours if you don't get them un- unplugged. So he told me that he was blocked. One morning I got up to make coffee. It was like a Saturday morning, and I'm walking across the kitchen, and he was lying on the floor as were my other cats. And when I walked past him, I said, Good morning, Biza. His name was Biza. And I heard him say, 
I'm blocked. I heard those words. I'm blocked. Yeah. And I looked around, you know, in my house. Who said that? I'm looking around. It's like right out of that movie, What Women Want, you know, with Mel Gibson. <laughs> and uh, I looked down at him and I said, did you say that? And he, I said it out loud to him. And he, go, he said to me, he answered, yes, I'm blocked. But it wasn't like on Dr. Doolittle where the mouths move. It was a mental thought. I, I heard it was it was a quiet thought, and um, so I took him down to the vet's office, and sure enough, he was blocked. And my vet was standing there, scratching his head, going, "You know, it's really hard to tell when they're blocked." He goes, "How did you know? How did you know that he was blocked?" And I didn't have the guts back then to tell him. Well, my cat told me, of course, um, <laughs> but now I do have the guts to tell people. And in fact, I I would love I love to talk about what I do. It is. I have the best job in the world because I get to talk animals. I have the best job. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's how it and all got started. started. Career with saving his life, so that's a wonder. Exactly. Did um I read something about the afterlife and that illness and healing. Well, let's go with the illness and healing. You talked about uh, the cat informing you and that. Is there anything... Do people call you out now if their animal seems like it's sick or anything like that? Oh, I get called uh, frequently because um, I think the one frustration that all of us animal people have is that when we know there's something wrong with our own animals and we take them to the vet and they run, you know, how many different hundreds of tests on them for hundreds and hundreds of dollars and they come back and tell you everything's normal. You know, and it's just enough to make you crazy. And so I get a lot of clients who contact me and say, you know, we've been to the vet. They they say everything's normal, but there's still something wrong because they see the behavior every day. They notice that something is off with their own animal, and so they come to me because I can basically look at their energy field and and feel pulled to an area. If something has pain or discomfort, they can draw me to a certain area, or tell me where they're hurting, or tell me what's wrong. Sometimes I even get the uh, the actual feeling that the animal has inside them. For instance, uh, um, the other day I had a tightness in the chest, like when when a human has a heart attack, and it ended up being that the cat had um, had a malformed heart, and the heart wasn't beating properly. So yes, they come to me for um, for help if there's something wrong with their animals, if animals stop eating or stop you know, acting like their normal happy selves, they they want me to check in with them and see what's going on. Okay, is this something that you can do remotely, or is it just that you have to be with the animal physically? Uh, No, I do all of my work, about 99% of my work is is over the phone, and I I like to work from a photo. And so before a session is is set up, we have um, the clients email the photo of the animals to me, and that's basically, I don't need the photo, but I really like to have it, especially if I'm doing um, a health issue because I really want to get in that energy and focus and concentrate. And having the animal's photo is like having their cell phone number. You know, I can basically dial them direct and get them much quicker. If I don't have their photo, I have to work a little bit harder. So um, I, can, I can still connect with them, draw their energy to me, but it's all done remotely. I don't have to be anywhere near the people or the animals. If I have a cat <laughs> who um, has got some kind of an illness that recurs for about a year and a half now, and we're not sure what's going on with that. Oh, well, why, why don't you send me a picture and, and, and I can check in with them and see what's going on. It really is something that I would, I would like to do and, and spend some time with because, you know, yeah. it's a health issue. We want to make sure that we cover all of our bases there, but I would, I would be more than happy to do that for you. I will, yeah, I'll send you a note. Thank you. Huh. You're welcome. That's, that's, that's uh, fascinating. What, uh, it's, I don't know where to go with this. Um, when you first did it, does, all right, after the cat, how did more come about? I heard that. A uh, somebody I read in your book about somebody uh, with a dove coming out with the dove on her finger. I believe it was. Well, you know, you guys, I truly think that all of us have that one moment in our life where we actually 
have like that epiphany of why we're here and oh my gosh and that light bulb moment where everything just stops and time stops and you just kind of go oh my gosh I get it now that dove story was one of those pivotal pivotal moments it changed the course of my life I I wasn't uh, with the um, sheriff's department anymore I had moved from Colorado I was actually back in the mortgage business again and I had stopped communicating with the animals because my family and friends were not very supportive and they thought it was bad enough that I was a cop and now I'm talking to the animals. They just thought I, I had lost it. And they were saying some pretty mean and hurtful things to me and mm-hmm. I let it get in my way of of continuing and so I, I wasn't really even communicating with them when I went to a 4th of July barbecue here in Spokane with some friends, um, I knew the girl who was having the barbecue, but um, it was actually a next-door neighbor that came over and said, hey, Karen, um, we heard that you can talk to animals, and we we rescued this little bird the other day. We're nursing it back to health. Uh, maybe you can come over and talk to it and, and tell us more about it. And I said, sure, you know, I'll I'll go check it out. So we went next door, and they brought out this, this white dove, and there were about eight people in the room, um, a bunch of little kids running around. It was it was a little chaotic and a little a little bit noisy. But as soon as that dove stepped onto my finger, it was as if somebody hit the mute button, and all I could hear was that were, were the messages from that little dove, and cool. the messages were all for me. And he basically told me that he had been waiting a very long time for this opportunity. Uh, to meet with me again, and that I needed to get back on my path of communicating with the animals, that I had fallen off the path because of some um, mean things and hurtful things that people were saying. And he he basically told me that it was my calling in this life. It was my purpose and my mission in this life, and that I needed to follow my heart and get back with it, and that he was basically coming back to me. He ended up being someone from the past, and you'll have to read my book to find out who he is. Um, (laughs) But he basically told me, you know what you need to be doing. You need to get back on track with that. And it completely changed my life. I was a changed person when that happened. And I'm I'm crying. I'm standing in this kitchen. I'm crying. I have this dove on my finger, and there's all these people around me. They have no idea what's being said because they can't hear the conversation. It's quiet in our it's a mental conversation. They have no idea what's going on. I break into tears. They have no clue what's happening. All those messages from that dove were for me. Mm. It was amazing. Oh. It was it was one of those incredible moments, and that's where my life changed. And ever since then, I have devoted just about every single opportunity I have to sharing messages um, from the animals. So obviously you're a believer in reincarnation. Well, I wasn't at that point. I hadn't even okay. really given it any thought. And, uh, you know, as, as a police officer, you pretty much, uh, if you don't have evidence and facts and proof, you don't have a case. So I was a real tough sell on this whole psychic stuff. I mean, I was not, you know, I wasn't buying it at first. I was very skeptical. And even though I remembered that I could understand the animals when I was younger, as an adult, you know, we're also programmed to left brain our way through our, our lives. Mm-hmm. And um, being in the mortgage industry, it was all about numbers and, you know, everything had to add up and interest rates, and, and I was very left-brained. And so I had to really, you know, switch my way of thinking, and then wham, I got hit in the face with this dove who came back to me um, and was with me earlier in my life. And it... it completely changed everything it changed my whole entire direction of my life it changed my career for the better i mean everything just completely changed from that moment so next time somebody asks me if they can be if they can return as an animal i should say yes because i've talked to karen and she confirms that you know i want to tell you guys i get asked this question a lot like do people come back as animals yeah Yeah. Yeah, do, do animals come back as people and you know Here's what the animals have shared with me, and I'm and I'm only speaking from my personal experience. This isn't what anyone else 
believes. This is just my experience. The animals tell me that they have been with us many, many lifetimes. So our animals that, that we share our life with now, they have shared many past lives with us. Some only a few, but most of them have been with us many, many past lifetimes. They also will show me that sometimes the roles switch, that the human is the animal, the animal is the human, vice versa. If that is what is in that particular soul's path for learning, okay, yeah. most of the time dogs come back as dogs, cats come back as cats, horses come back as horses, people come back as people. But I truly believe now after what the animals have told me that there is no rule book out there. There's not someone standing there going, ah, you're a human, sorry, you can't come back as anything but a human. Okay. That's my personal belief just based on what they have well, showed Based me. on your experience. Okay. Right, right. Listeners, if you want to call in, the number is 646-915-9194. And our guest is Karen Anderson, hero, author of Hero Creatures, The Journey of an Ameri- of a Animal Communicator. Karen, uh, speaking of that, I've, I was asked once about um, animal guides slash spirit guides type of thing, and um, I got the feeling that maybe some of the people, you know, who say their animal guide may be a dog, a horse, whatever, maybe they were that in a past life, and that's why there's such an attachment to it. I don't know. You may know the answer to that. That was, let's say, question I threw out to uh, another a Native American um, when they talked about their spirit guide is, you know, being an animal guide. You have a section in your book called Intelligent Spiritual Beings. Can you explain what, you, what that has to do with? Absolutely. And um, I do believe we all have um, our animal guides. Um, some people call them animal totems. Um, mm-hmm. I don't read what people's totems are. That isn't that isn't what I do. I basically relay messages from their animals to them. And in the intelligent um, spiritual beings, um, really what that was, it was kind of an eye-opener for me as I began my journey communicating with animals. I had no idea how much animals know about us, about the world, about life about day-to-day things and it really kind of blew me away when i started hearing what some of these animals were saying some of it was truly um um, to be expected they like their treats they like their toys they like their mom they like their dad they like their beds you know it was Mm -hmm. actual stuff that you could imagine that they would say and then there were other times when i was literally speechless after some of the things that the animals told me. Very philosophical, very highly evolved, um, almost like, you know, how is this possible? It, it really shocked me. They know about our personal life. They know about our finances, not how much money we have in the bank, but certainly if, if there's um, financial issues going on, that they can share that with me. They talk about our health issues. Um, I can't tell you how many animals have told me I'm worried about my mom or my dad because um, there's a heart issue they're not taking care of or there's a weight issue that they're not taking care of. I hear that a lot. Um, They also know about our personal relationships. Like I'll see if there's a uh, difficult relationship going on that they'll tell me, um, you know, mommy's upset with uh, another female in the family and, and the client will say, yeah, my sister and I aren't talking right now. We haven't spoken in years. So that's what the whole, um, that chapter is about, just how incredibly intelligent animals are. And it really shocked me. I had no idea they were so incredibly tuned in to us. Well, that's why I'm, you know, I would imagine that um, dogs, basically, um, seeing eye dogs, even the dog we have in my own house, um, when my wife had her knee surgery, it would actually, when she would get up, it would stand next, right next to her. And as she walked, he allowed her to use him as a brace. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And going down the stairs and stuff like that. So uh, they do, uh, my dog's name is Shadow, 
and it does uh, amaze me at the things he does, you know. So, and I, he got the right name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You're black. Shadow. laughs> do you do you do you feel that animals can pick us out? You know, let's say you walk into a a uh, breeder or a uh, animal welfare place, and the animal picks us out out at times. I do. I I think that there's um, something that happens, Edward, it's called soul recognition. I call it soul recognition, where maybe the conscious brain, you know, the the Edward or the Annette walking into that place doesn't have the conscious thought, but there's a higher, more evolved, a higher self or higher consciousness where the souls recognize each other from past lives. And I believe that there's a moment where you're, you know, let's say you go down to one of those places or or even to the market just to get some milk or bread or something and you end up coming home with a puppy or a kitten. You're just drawn to them for some strange reason or you just felt a a pull or you just was like love at first sight. I truly believe that that's the moment that we have soul recognition where we're recognizing this energy that we have been with in the past time and time again. So, yes, I do believe that that they will find us and choose us if it is in their life's purpose. They have lessons just like we do. They have things that they learn um, similar to what humans learn. And, um, and so if it's in their life path to, um, to learn a certain lesson and they're going to learn that from us, then I do believe that they choose us. On a high, it's on a higher level. It's like a higher consci- consciousness level. That's, mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. And that, go ahead. No, I just even sometimes a series of crazy events that leads up to a new relationship with an animal. You know, just oh, some yeah. of the ways I've had my pets in the past and the way they've come to me has been so incredibly unusual and twisted. But boy, once they, you know, they find their way to my door, it's like, oh, well, you were just meant to be here, weren't you? Come on oh, in. Ab- you know, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think that happens more frequently than we realize and and we have to understand that if our animal is coming back to us if they're choosing to reincarnate and come back to us we don't get a carbon copy of who they were if if it was someone in this lifetime i mean it it just doesn't happen that way they're going to be in a a different body they're going to have different things about them there might be just a little bit of a familiarity with you about oh gosh that's so weird my other cat used to do that and look at now this new cat is doing that and then all the other things about him will be different. You'll just get that one glimpse for that one moment in time that reminds you of, of your cat from the past or your dog from the past. And then other times they have many blatant similar characteristics that they take on. You just never know. But you have to realize that, that it's not going to be an exact carbon copy of who you remembered. Right. I've had that experience where I've, you know, I, I would call that, you know, finding my familiar oh once again where, you know, I would bury an animal and do a spell that could come and refine me again and would have the experience that, boy, here here he is. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to give him the same name, but that's him. <laughs> right, right, I know. And, and, you know, up until I started this work with the animals, I never even really gave reincarnation much thought. I really didn't. It was not something that I... Um, put too much thought in, you know, I was pretty much just a mortgage person working in the 9-to-5 world and, and nothing really much more than that entered my my mind or my thought process. And I'll tell you what, I have completely changed. And I even have people that come to me and say, um, I just got this new cat and Karen, I swear to you, it, it is my grandmother. I know it's my grandmother. So, my clients bring it to me with their suspicions of, I think this is so-and-so, or I think this is, you know, my, my old dog that I had when I was a kid. I have all kinds of that um, coming to me for, for uh, validation, verification. There's, there's, there's a, how sensitive are animals to strangers knowing that they're good or bad or, you know, a problem or they shouldn't be, you know, do you understand what I'm asking? Um, let's say a stranger enters your house. We had that at one time. And uh, the guy was on a little bit of the corrupt side. And um, the dog would not stop barking. I mean, I sat the guy down at the kitchen table. We're talking, and the dog was in the hallway barking. Are they? Can they sense things like that in individuals? 
Definitely. You know, they, they can smell better than us. They can hear better than us. You know, they, they are very much all about their senses. They can see a spirit. They can see ghosts. They can see things that we can't see. They can pick up energies in the room. I have so many of my clients telling me that their dog or their cat will stare up into a certain corner of their room and there's nothing there, or they'll, you know, t- turn their head, cock their head sideways like they're listening to somebody. Um, absolutely the animals can pick up on things, and they especially know if, if somebody's energy is not good. I mean, I, I truly, when I, when I hired my pet sitters, I had them come over to my house and, and sit down on my couch, and I just watched my cat's behavior, and I just listened to the, the comments of, of what they thought about them, and they passed with flying colors. My cats loved them, and they were very friendly with them and very outgoing, even when they're normally not always that way with somebody new. So I think you should really pay attention. Animals are very intuitive. It's it's their survival instinct. It's what they, you know, basically their their way of being is to pay attention to all of those sensory perceptions that they're getting. Yeah, this this person was a union president, so. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the the dog did not like him. Um, so, um, we. What would you say about the person that could walk up to animals, and be at horses, be at to strange animals, and the animals are not spooked by the person; they actually make up to the person. Is that something that the animals reading? I think what it comes right down to is basically your energy. As you know, uh, we all have our our aura, our energy field around us. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just like when you meet someone for the first time and for some unknown reason they just kind of give you the heebie-jeebies and you just can't wait to get away from them. You have no idea what what it is about this person, but they just kind of rub you the wrong way. I think that that's definitely something that the animals tune into and somebody's energy that they're able to read that and pick up on that and pay attention to that absolutely. Karen, what's your website? Let me why we got at this point. We're halfway through the show. What is your website that you have? It's uh, very easy. karenanderson.net. Okay. And they could get your book there too. The book is on Amazon, and if you want it personalized for yourself or as a gift, then you, of course, have to order that through my website. But it is on Amazon, and there's um, a bunch of reviews on there if you want to read what other people think about it. So you'll have to check oh, that yeah. out. Oh, yeah, people people love the book. They love you. we got somebody on the chat board that says uh, they love you. Her name's Barbara, and uh, she's had readings by you and stuff like that. Hey, Barbara, I love you, too. So, <laughs> Annette. Wanted. Yeah, Karen. Yeah. So, um, tell us about the afterlife. Obviously, an animal can communicate with you from the other side once it's already passed as well. Is that right? You know what, Annette? It's actually easier to communicate with an animal who has transitioned than one that is still here. Oh, and I, I would have called. Hello. Are you there? Yeah. Okay, we're here, you know. You guys are there? Uh, yeah, we're here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yep, I can hear you. Okay, go on. I would have thought there was it would have been harder to contact an animal that was, you know, deceased. I mean, when I first got into this work as an adult, it actually kind of seemed a little weird to me. How can you connect with an animal who has passed on? What I have found is the reason why it's it can be easier to connect with them is they don't have any um, connection to anything material. They're they're just all energy. It's like just a a pure form of energy, and that's what I'm connecting with is the animal's energy. Even if, it, if they're physically here, still alive, I'm connecting with their energy. So if you think about it, without a physical body in the way, without all the physical distractions in the way, and 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 all of that, it's actually easier because when they transition, they're just pure energy. I see you work. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're on the subject. I was just going to say, what kind of um, messages can they give you from the afterlife? I mean, do they tell you about what they're experiencing on the other side, or do they tell us about? They give us warnings for the people who are still surviving here now. Uh, What kind of messages are we getting when you have those? 
communication. The number one thing that animals share when they have transitioned is their love for us. That's the number one thing that they want to talk about. They rarely, this may come as a surprise to some of you, they rarely want to talk about how they died. Okay. The humans, on the other hand, all they want to know is how they died <laughs> or what happened or what that experience was like for the animal. And the animals will sometimes shy away from that, um, especially if it was something um, traumatic. Yeah. Um, if, if, it was, if you had, like, the worst thing in the world happen to you, and I, all I wanted to do was ask you about that to just tell me every little detail, I think you would get annoyed with me too. And the animals are the same way. They would rather talk about their life and what they did with you and things they remember. And you know that the amazing thing is, is they talk about things that we're still doing even after they have transitioned. And this is what blows away a lot of my clients is that they'll set up a consultation with me. The animal passed on. Um, I just had this happen not too long ago. In fact, I wrote about it in my blog um, that the the client contacted me within the week. The, the dog passed on like a Tuesday, and we had the session on like a, a Thursday. And, um, and she was obviously very distraught, very upset. It was a beautiful dog. And um, she was on the phone with me, and she was crying and, and sharing with me how much she missed her dog. And the dog said to me, Tell mom, I call you their moms and dads, tell mom I just went toothpaste shopping with her. No joke. Tell her I went toothpaste shopping. So I did. I said, I'm supposed to tell you that your dog went toothpaste shopping with you. Well, she started cracking up, laughing, crying at the same time. She had just the day before had to stop on the way home and get toothpaste because she had run out and she's been so upset because her dog was dying and she kept forgetting to stop and get toothpaste that the only thing she went to the store for was toothpaste and the dog talked about going to the store with her to buy toothpaste after he transitioned. So sometimes we get silly little things like that, seemingly insignificant, but yet can you imagine how wonderful she felt knowing that her dog was still with her even when she runs silly little errands. It's a wonderful feeling to know that they're still with us and they see what's going on in our lives. I had another one just recently, another deceased cat this time. As soon as I, I opened up the cat's picture, the cat said to me, um, deceased cat said, tell her to watch the pots, P-O-T-S, watch the pots. Well, I thought, what in the world does that mean? I almost didn't say that because I didn't even know what that meant, watch the pots. I'm thinking, uh, pots like marijuana, pots like <laughs> like flower pots. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what that meant. So when my client got on the phone and and we started the session, I said, "Why am I supposed to tell you to watch the pots? Your cat is telling me to watch the pots." Well, this roar of laughter comes out. She said that just before the session that day, she had been um, trying to boil some hard-boiled eggs on the stovetop. Well, right. she for, she forgot about it, and all the water evaporated, and there was almost like a kitchen fire because she wasn't watching the pot of boiling water. Watch the pots. <laughs> so you ask what they talk about, and sometimes, you guys, it's really amazing detail. That's even a premonition thing. <clears throat> Weird stuff. Uh, you just never know what they're going to say. They also bring through deceased human loved ones. And, really? and animals, yeah, animals who are alive do that too. It's not just the animals who have passed on. But um, they will bring through a deceased human loved one. You never know who's going to come through for you. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's really a fun part for me because it's kind of like, guess who's coming to dinner? I never know who's going to be coming through the session. I have a photograph on my website, theunexplainedworld.com, under the Archer Woods Cemetery section, and it looks very—it looks like a, what you would call a ghost dog. It looks like a collie sitting right next to a headstone, and the picture is taken during the day, so nobody can say it's a flash, it's this, it's that, and it's like, wow, is that possible? That a spirit, an uh, animal spirit, can visit or not leave 
the gravesite of the loved one that passed away? I if would. The loved I would, one, I would put ahead. money on that bet in a heartbeat. I, I would. I would. I would say that's definitely possible because Edward, I've had animals. Now, when I do a session, I'm in my office, and I usually have a photograph of the animal, and I do a prayer and a meditation before every session, and I spend just quiet time with the animal's energy, just seeing what messages they want to share. Even before the session begins, I do this. And sometimes they will come into my office, the animals, and they'll knock things off my desk. They'll play around on the floor in my office, or they'll chase Mm. things down there. So... Would an animal be at their human's graveside? Absolutely. I would love to see that picture. I'm not in front of a computer right now, but I would love to see that picture. I think that's absolutely true. I will send you uh, the link to it later, probably tomorrow, at where you emailed me from today. So that would be okay this morning. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, And you know what's so funny too is um, in a session. Sometimes I'll have deceased humans, and sometimes I'll have many deceased humans that want to come through. They they know that I can deliver a message from from them as well. And some of my clients will say, you know what, um, tell Grandma I love her, but I want to go back to my dog. <laughs> and <laughs> wow. They want, to, <laughs> they want to focus on their animal, and no disrespect intended to our, our human loved ones, but it's just so funny to me because it's like, we love our animals. We do. This not only in our society but in, in other societies. I have clients all over the world and, and I don't care where you're from, I don't care where you were brought up. We love our animals as humans and it is a common um bond that we all share. And when we have to say goodbye to an animal especially if it has been either a difficult life or a long life or maybe a difficult illness or or something like that, we all grieve exactly in the same way as far as the pain feels, but we grieve differently that some some of us can get through it easier, some of us don't. I've had some of my clients even tell me that they were contemplating suicide because of the passing of one of their animals. They can't live without them. And so, I mean, this, we're talking that this is a very deep bond that we share with our animals, and I am honored enough to be a part of the the uh, journey between the human and the animal to, to share the messages. And it, it's an honor for me to do it. I just, I, I, I'm just so grateful for the work that I do. All right, I'm going to ask you a question. Annette has two little boys. I got a little granddaughter. Um, my granddaughter is very whatever with animals. Matter of fact, at the age of three, she taught Shadow um, how to sit and everything else where we were having problems. He listened to her, etc. Is there a way that we could bring about a special communication, yeah, not communication, but that we could direct the children in a way of, maybe developing this connection with animals? I I wish more people would. Children are very, very good at communicating with animals, and it's usually the adults in their life that don't know how to support them or aren't understanding of it or they're scared of it. You know, my parents didn't quite understand it when I was five or six, and, you know, they just kind of thought I was strange, and they would say that I had a very overactive imagination that I was talking to animals. They didn't know what to do with me, and so they didn't they didn't support it. And um, you know, I would love it if the parents would say, you know, tell me tell me what you think the dog feels, or tell me what they're telling you, or what do you think? There's so many ways that you can encourage the kids to tap into that and share more. And then you can ask them, are you seeing something? Are you feeling something? Or do you hear something? You can engage with them and just see how they're getting the information because. You know, kids are are great at it. I can teach somebody, I can teach an adult how to do this in about 15 minutes. In fact, I teach a monthly teleclass. It's a two-hour teleclass where we do practice sessions on the phone. And it's very simple once you know the steps. Um, but children, I don't have to go through any of the explanations of why it happens, what <laughs> we're doing. They can just do it because they uh-huh. don't have any reason to think they can't. Yeah, yeah. That is, well, there you go, Annette. 
Uh, oh, I, I I try to promote any and all of this type of behavior. <laughs> well, I'm talking to somebody. Tell me more. <laughs> I, I got to tell you too. I've I've got so many stories here that I I could share with you guys. It really um, some that just. All of the sessions are great, and some of them are phenomenal, and some of them are funny, and some of them are very sad. I had a session recently with a client of mine. It was actually a husband and wife. They were both on the phone with me, and we were connecting with their deceased dog, and the dog during the session asked me to mention to them the one who had not been sleeping well. So I asked them, I'm supposed to talk about the one of you who hasn't been sleeping very well. And the wife announced, well, that, that's me. I, I haven't been sleeping very well. And the dog said to me, tell her it's in her glands. It's in her glands. Tell her to check her glands. It's in the glands. And that message at that time didn't make sense to me. It didn't really make sense to them. They weren't quite sure what that was all about. So we just kind of continued with the session, and we finished up. And two weeks later, I got an email from this client of mine and she said Karen after the session that we had with our dog I took his message to heart and I went to my doctor for a complete checkup and she said I'm writing to tell you that I do believe that the session with you saved my life because they found breast cancer and it has moved into my glands and I'm going in in November for a double mastectomy Hmm. oh my and she is wow. now recovering. She's doing great. She's doing her radiation treatments, and she's doing really well. But she believes that that message from her dog saved her life. Great. You have an article, or not an article, a chapter on lost animals. Do people ask you to assist them if their animal has been lost? I probably get more lost animal calls than anything, and it really breaks my heart because finding a lost animal is difficult even in the best of circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it has been a very long time that the animal has been missing or if someone has stolen the animal or if there's other some kind of foul play involved, it can really make um, it extremely difficult to find the animal. But the good news is we do find them, and um, we can I can look through basically look through their eyes and see what they're looking at, and then they describe to me what's around them or what's under their feet, if they're inside, if they're outside, if they're on grass or if they're in a wooded area. They can describe to me their surroundings, the buildings, what they're looking at, or people. And and yes, we we do find them. It is extremely hard, and um, really. Um, something that takes sometimes many sessions um, to to get enough clues from the animals. So, um, yes, I get contacted all the time. And the sad thing right now is, and I think it has to do with the economy, I have had mm-hmm. more phone calls from people whose animals have been stolen out of their yards or out of their cars or from their back, you know, from their front yards, backyards. It's, it's really been, I've seen an increase just since October of animals being stolen. And it's just breaking my heart. Hmm. Oh. Stolen as a, because they're a purebred dog and somebody thinks they can market it? Is that um, what you're thinking? Is, yeah, you? they'll they'll turn around and sell them. Um, sometimes they'll sell them like on, you know, a, in a private party sale or sometimes they'll sell them to um, research labs. Oh, my goodness. Oh, because people need money so badly. I see what you mean. Exactly. Wow. 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 It's very, very sad. And, and, uh, you know, if if you have, please keep ID on your animals. Get get them microchipped. Have have an ID tag. Have a current picture, color picture of them, a facial picture, and a full body picture, just in case. You know, we never want anything to happen, but God forbid anything should happen. At least you're prepared and you have... All of that, so if, if they do um, end up missing, you have all of that information ready to go. I have on my blog a step-by-step thing, too, of what you can do if your animal is lost and to help you with your search because a lot of people go into panic mode, and that can just make it even worse. So you know, the first thing that you really have to do is, is try to calm yourself down 
and start thinking rationally and search the area immediately. Of course, talk to as many people as you can. And um, dogs will come to you sometimes if you call them, but on the average, cats will not come to you even if they're friendly. They go into survival mode, and Mm -hmm. uh, we've had them sometimes be as little as uh, um, uh, 9 or 10 inches away on the other side of a fence um, after being missing for more than a week, and their person is calling and calling and calling for them, and they didn't make a sound. And they were still alive. They just were yeah. scared. So Would you, you say uh, if you see a cat or a dog wandering, are, is there a, a special approach you could do to make them, you know, to get to them if they seem like they're a lost animal? So absolutely. So do not run away from you? Absolutely. And you have you have to you have to really um, get down on their level and approach, especially a dog. You know, dogs. You know, Caesar Milan is great because he talks about energy and how to approach a dog. It's it's. Uh, I think he says no touch, no talk, no eye contact. You know, dogs can be very scared when they're lost or on the run, and um, you know if you can approach them at their level from the side instead of going right at them and head on and staring at them. Um, that's always um, less invasive. And cats, you know, we all we have to talk to cats in a high-pitched voice. We have to use our, our baby talk voice to talk to cats. And that will generally help. Um, but they're, they're really, really difficult, even when their human is around, to get them to come out of hiding. And, boy, cats can hide in the tiniest of places. <laughs> Annette, do you have anything else you want to talk to Karen Anderson about? I mean, I've got lots of personal things I'd love to talk to her about, <laughs> about my own past pets and so forth. But yeah. just in general, I think she's answered all of our questions really great. Thank you, Karen. Oh, well, thank you guys so much. I I would, I have so many stories to share with you. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. Well, your website is KarenAnderson.net, okay? And people can find more about about you there. Do you have a contact number for your office and stuff on the website too? Yeah, all the contact number uh, and information is on the website. There's um, a free monthly newsletter that you can sign up for on the home page. And um, just for signing up, you'll get a discount off of sessions and specials that nobody else gets. And there's tons of information on the blog, so be sure to check that out as well. There's also an online scheduler if you want to go on and schedule a session. Um, you can do it online, view the upcoming appointments, and, and choose that. And, um, and even if you are just kind of curious and, and want to find out more, you know, I encourage you to go check out the website and just um, go through it. It's got all kinds of great stories and examples from sessions, so you can see what actually happens during a session. Do you make any personal appearances? Well, I to would, talk or uh, speak or anything like that? I just completed like three straight years of doing a, um, psychic shows across the United States. I went from wow. coast to coast and book signings, and I, I just completed a three-year thing, so I'm kind of being a homebody right now. <laughs> Good and, for you. <laughs> yeah, and enjoying my babies. I have a new puppy, so I'm loving him and enjoying being home with him. And, um, you know, uh, I I miss my babies when I travel, so... I'm happy to be here. Can anybody, do you have any videos on YouTube or anything about you or what you do? Not yet. I'm working on it, um, but okay. not yet. Okay, cool. All right. Listeners, our guest tonight was Karen Anderson of Hear All Creatures, The Journey of an Animal Communicator. And her website is karenanderson.net. Karen, we got about five minutes left. Um, me and Annette are going to go into what we have coming up in the very near future, and I would like to thank you very much for being on, and hopefully we can get you back on in the near future. I would love to, and you guys, it has just been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, we'll hopefully be in touch again real soon. Thank sure. you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Okay, good night, you guys. Good night. Oh, she was nice. That, that's very interesting, you know. It is very interesting. Uh, oh, I would. Yeah. I have questions. I could ask her about personal things just all night long. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to, uh, you know, with Mariah. I'm definitely going to have to get her. I mean, that's who the book's going to once uh, 
Well, after tonight, she's going to get the book. I got the book, copy of the book, Here, Here All Creatures. So, um, you know, maybe well, if gonna... uh, Karen and I can hook up about, uh, you know, some of the issues I have at home here and with deceased animals and stuff, maybe do a session with her. Maybe she can come on and kind of, you know, we can talk about those things as real experiences with someone who's had a session with her and her, you know what I mean? Yeah, that might be yeah. kind of a cool way to uh, to do a show so she can show exactly how she uh, goes about all that. Okay, we'll work that out. We'll see if we can work that yeah. out. we got four minutes left. Uh, let me just say what we have coming up. Friday the 13th is this coming Friday. For those in the Chicagoland area, Annette and I will again be at the Weather Market, 1503 South Michigan Avenue in the Chicago Loop area downtown Chicago Loop area, and from 8 o'clock till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Annette will be doing past life readings and tarot readings, and I'll be doing what I do, um, the psychometry, palm reading, and reading of items of loved ones who've passed away. That'll be at 1503 South Michigan Avenue this coming Friday night, Friday the 13th. And then we're going to be back there on March 28th again, which is a Saturday from uh, 7 till midnight. Uh, more information can be found at my website, edwardshanahan.com. Um, what else do I have coming up? March 29th, during the day, Victorian Haunted Mansion with a Victorian Tea Party and Psychic Readings in a Victorian Parlor. It's going to be a new thing that I'll be doing at the Haunted Joliet Mansion in Joliet, Illinois, uh, starting at 1 o'clock. And actually going to have a Victorian tea party. So, um, that sounds like fun. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, it, you, it is an old Victorian mansion from the 1800s, and uh, they do have spirits in there. And usually where there are spirits, the, the readings are stronger. So I would like to invite everybody to just come on out if they want to. Uh, enjoy the tea party uh, with the owners of the mansion. And, you know, We'll do readings also in the parlor. There'll be private readings. So, um, and like I said about the weather, Mark, me and Annette love that place. Uh, oh, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the people there are wonderful. The way they have it worked out, you know, you don't have to sit around and wonder if your turn is next. You just know how it's all set up. It's great. This coming March 22nd, our next broadcast, March 22nd, it's going to be a demon debate with Mr. Ron Dresser and myself. Annette will be uh, more than likely taking the side of uh, the side of those who do believe in demons. Um, I'm going to be a referee. You're going to be a referee? <laughs> oh, you're going to have your input. Come on, I know you will. <laughs> and uh, I've been reading a book. You'll, you might find out that my uh, input has changed somewhat. And uh, because me and Kathy, who, you know, knows me the best, uh, pretty much threw it in my face. And it's like, huh, <laughs> you're right. But I will share that that night. Uh, Michelle will be joining us also on that broadcast. Um, basically, my thing is, through all I have not, through all I've done, I have not come across anything that I would call dynamic, even though a lot of stuff has happened to me. Uh, maybe I'm a hard learner. Uh, but um, Ron Dressler does believe in demons, um, and that he has her beliefs in them. And then April 5th, we're going to have the owner of the Haunted Insane Asylum in Peoria, Illinois, on our broadcast. Annette, thank you. We didn't have much thank time. You. Listeners, sorry for the shaky start, but, you know, like Thanks I said. Thanks for hanging in there. Yeah, uh, blog talk is a beautiful thing that we have access to. They provide it for free, so when there's a little burp in the system, who can complain? And uh, listeners, thank you very much. Karen, thank you. You're out there. And we'll see you in two weeks, everybody. And that I'll call you in a couple minutes. Okay? Good night. Blessed be. Good night. Bye-bye.